This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Jim's moaning and groaning over there a couple minutes ago. I'm like, what? what's going on? You're like, I, I just get so frustrated when I read stories like this. Yes, and it's happening more and more often where people will invest in a new home that's about to be built and then the builder will rip it out from under them and try to sell it for more money. It's despicable. And it's happening in home builds and it's also happening with condos. So this guy uh, named Glenn... Uh, he lives in the Burlington area. He bought a condo in Burlington back in 2015. Okay. 509000 Yeah. Is what he put down. So uh, now it's 2022. The condo still hasn't been built yet. He hasn't got possession of it. The builder comes back to him and says, sorry, we're no longer going to give you this condo unless you give us 300000 additional dollars. And if you don't want it, screw you. You can have your money back, but that's your choice. They said they will give his money back plus some interest. I don't know how much interest over seven years you would accumulate, but certainly this guy wants to live in the condo, mostly. Uh, He's a former firefighter. He was a fireman in Toronto for 22 years. He says his back is broken already. I don't know if that's a metaphor or his back is literally broken, but this guy's worked hard his entire life, wanted to retire at this condo in Burlington, and now it's not happening. Mm -hmm. This should be... It should be illegal? I mean, I don't know what's going on in these contracts. This is an option, and there isn't a massive payout if the builder backs out of the deal, but there certainly needs to be something done about this. The frustrating thing is, okay, I get it. Inflation, the price of everything has gone up. But are you telling me that if the price of everything had gone down, you would have given him some of his money back? <laughs> and instead of selling it to him for $500,000, you would say, okay, well, you know what? Uh, I know uh, stuff cost more back uh, in 2016, so we're going to give it to you for 350000 now. Yeah, yeah. Are you crazy? Yeah. First, first off... Prices would have to go down <laughs> for that to happen. I know. It's a hypo- but, yeah, yeah, hypothetical. Yeah, yeah. But if it did happen, there is no way they would give you some of your money back. No. So, yeah, I get it. The price of stuff went up, but you should have put, uh, calculated that and looked at the uh, that as an option. Or you should have let made it very clear that this was a possibility yeah. when you sell someone something. We can't expect developers to just be super moral based on their own heart. You know what I mean? So I, you know, when you think about it, 300,000 times however many units is in this condo building, that's millions and millions of dollars that they could potentially make. So you almost can't blame them for wanting to break that contract because they're obviously going to benefit from it. So it's up to the government and these cowardly politicians to start making some moves here and uh, start changing the laws. That would suck, man. What if he sold his house already? Where is he? I don't know Glenn, the rest of Glenn's story. Well, but, Glenn's uh, probably been telling his buddies, too, with the market going crazy. He's like, hey, you guys. Glad uh, I locked in. I, I locked in at the right time. Yeah. $500,000, sweet condo in Burlington coming my way. <laughs> yeah. And then he gets that phone call, and his buddies, hey, how's that condo thing going, Glenn? I don't want to talk about <laughs> it. Still locked in, buddy? That would suck. That's brutal. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Yesterday on the show, I was telling you, my son at the uh, the dinner table on the weekend turned to me out of the blue and said, Daddy, you're not going to be alive for much longer. Totally freaked me out. Oh, yeah. Like, I am the wrong guy to say something like that to, son. <laughs> He's a five-year-old, obviously, you know, he, he just uh, maybe saw something on TV or mm-hmm. heard something in the schoolyard and that popped into his head. At least that's what I'm Or I'm had a hoping. premonition. Yeah. 
That's what I'm hoping. I have been second-guessing everything I do. I'm like, well, maybe I should start eating better and working out more. And I'm like, hold on, but what if that's the reason I die? <laughs> what if I'm driving to the gym? Yeah. Or, or drive well, off a bridge. What if I work out too hard and my chest explodes, <laughs> right? So uh, the kid really got to me on the weekend. Yeah. And I, I also mentioned that I want to start a TV show. They used to have that one, um, Kids Say the Darndest Things. I want to start a show called Kids Say the Effing Creepiest Stuff. <laughs> All right? And we got mm-hmm. some backup here because uh, yesterday when we were having this conversation, we got this call from one of our listeners about something creepy that his kid said to him. Uh, so we moved into a new house, and I had a two-year-old. Oh, I still do, but she's older now. Um, and we had a robot vacuum that we named Bruce, and he ran at night. And so one morning she wakes up and goes, Bruce is stuck. And I said, well, how do you know Bruce is stuck? And she goes, Amber told me. And we don't know an Amber. So I go down and here's the robot vacuum stuck on a towel. How she knew that he was stuck, I have no idea. But yeah, it scared the hell out of me and my wife. We've never heard from Amber again, but uh, we're waiting. (laughs) Amber will be the last thing you see. Yeah, I'm expecting that. Uh, honestly, I've made peace with it. You know, in this real estate market, we can't uh, we can't afford to move. So I guess we're stuck with Amber for the time being. They, they, they call it a mortgage for a reason. Death is right in the name. <laughs> Say hi to Amber for us tonight when you're falling asleep. And if you never hear from me again, you know that Amber got me. <laughs> creepy AF. Mm-hmm. It's always yeah. It's always interesting. Where the, why Amber? You know, why that specific Where do name? these names come yeah. from? I don't know. I don't <laughs> Bruce, like why is the vacuum named Bruce? Another great question. Because <laughs> it's a loyal fellow around the house, oh, just yeah, like my dog. Your dog is named yeah. Bruce. Mm-hmm. The opposite of a Roomba. There's <laughs> the reason you have a Roomba. <laughs> if I drop flu- food on the floor, he's a Roomba. You should get Amber uh, over at your no, place. I'm good. <laughs> Amber's just trying to be helpful. He's like, hey, guys, the, the vacuum's stuck on a towel. You might want to do something yeah, about heads it. heads up. Hey, the toilet in the downstairs bathroom could use a cleaning. <laughs> yeah. You might need some drain over the sink just to tap, tap. Amber likes to keep the house in nice shape. Yeah. Don't be such a hater. It's like a free housekeeper, they're, that ghost. They're not all poltergeists. <laughs> some are friendly. They're Caspers. <laughs> Horns. They really make it, don't they? Gotta love it. Ah, a horn section? Mm-hmm. Hey, it gives you goosebumps when you're, you're, you're hearing horns live. Our Kells played Friday night in London, Ontario. A lot of friends went to that show, and they said it was incredible. And the horns were part of it, for sure. I saw a, um, a U2 tribute act on Saturday last weekend. Mm-hmm. Classic Albums Live. It was at Centennial Hall in London. And it was the Joshua Tree performed front to back. They had a horn section. That's cool. Amazing. Just it takes it to the next level. Yeah. It's like you're halfway to a symphony. I, I want to give credit to all the horn players out there. Oh, yeah? The lead guitarist, you know, the drummer... They get so much attention. Oh, yeah. Think about in high school. 
Yeah. What's happening in those two demographics? And I was thinking that while I was watching the, the horn section in this U2 tribute band. Like, good for you. For sticking with it or what? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm going to be the horn guy. Yeah. Because you need the horn guy. Yeah, so there, there, there's like a, I guess. But it, but it is a little bit uh, underrated or overlooked when you're the horn person. You know you'll never be the star. Unless you're Chuck Mangione or like one of these guys, yeah. Kenny G. Some, rarely somebody breaks through. A lot harder if you're into the brass. Yeah, yeah. To become a, a superstar. You're yeah. always kind of in the back. You'll get your moment to come up and, and with the two other horn players, Kind of go back and sway Always back and fun. forth in Always unison. Fun. Yeah, but other than that, you're you're a bit of a supporting member of the band. Mm-hmm. But yeah. we we appreciate you. Yeah, we do. Just like a quarterback appreciates his offensive line, the quarterback gets all the credit. But I mean, he'd be on his ass if it wasn't for the offensive line. Yeah. And all those horn players out there, sometimes it's better to be in the background. There's a lot of BS you don't have to deal with <laughs> because you're playing that horn. Sure. So kudos to all the hornists. <laughs> Horn <laughs> players. What? <laughs> I don't know. What do you call it? What, there must be like a fancy name for it. All horn, the horny people. The tutors. <laughs> all the all the horn balls. All the horn swagglers. <laughs> horn player, uh, trumpeters, uh, horn players, hornists is hornists. less com- common. Yes. But hornists is the word. This is the Taz and Jim podcast. I can't believe you're not impressed by Tom Cruise and all he's done for the new Top Gun movie. He uh, put out a video earlier in the week talking about how the actors trained uh, so they could fly in the actual jet planes Mm -hmm. during shooting of the film. We worked with the Navy and the Top Gun school to formulate how to shoot it practically. Because if we're going to do it, we're going to fly in the F-18s. The aviation sequences had to be real. So our actors went through three months of grueling training. The Navy says if you eject, you have to be able to survive in the water. So we had to go through that challenging underwater program. From there, Tom designed this all-encompassing aviation training for all the actors. So cool. The actors also had to learn how to run the cameras because when they're up in the jet, they have to direct themselves essentially. Multitasking. I had to really teach them cinematography and the lighting so that they understood oh. what's gonna look good on camera. Sun angle's great. Everybody thought it would be impossible for actors to really be in the jets. But that's the gift that Tom gave us that by the time we got up there, we could handle it. You don't think that's awesome? Oh, thank you, our Lord and Savior Tom. He, I, Tom Cruise creeps me out. Like even like he has no. You can't get over it. No, I, I, you love the Mission Impossible movies, and I love yeah. the first two. Saw the second one in theaters when I was a kid, but I just I can't see watch a movie without you can't seeing Tom Cruise. His real life from yeah from his character. Number one, because he has zero range. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's not a bad actor, the, but he's, he's always, always the, the same, same guy. guy. But like, yeah, I just don't. And yes, I, I think the the plot, like the fact that he does his own stunts. Very cool. I love Jackie Chan. Love the stunt guys that do their own stunts. But I'm not impressed. Like, is the movie going to be good? Okay, there's cameras in the jet. Okay, is the plot going to be good? Yeah. Does this movie need to happen? The trailer looks pretty cool, I guess. Looks awesome. <laughs> I just, I'm just not excited. I don't know why. You know, yeah, maybe this uh, this whole uh, the training process, this video just brings me back to my days with the snowbirds. 
Yeah, oh, Taz is legendary. Taz thinks he's going to be buried in a military graveyard or something no, because of his I, you know, one minute he spent in a snowbird I, I jet. Went, I went up. It was more than a minute. There was a three-hour training session I had to go through, and then I went on a full media flight. I was up there for at least an hour. Hmm. Flying in that Jumped snowbird. out like Tom Cruise, parachuted down. If I had to, they taught me how to eject. Yeah? Yeah. Hmm. It's, it's stressful. I didn't have to run a camera up there. <laughs> <laughs> You're telling me all the technology in a jet, the thing costs $50 million. They can't get a switcher on there where somebody from the ground can switch which camera is actively recording? Come on. It does make it sound like the, the actors were flying the jets themselves. I don't think they were. Let's hope not. If Tom Cruise, they're like, Tom Cruise designed the training protocol. It took us a weekend to do it. Okay. No, it was it, it was weeks uh, of training. Okay. If the movie's good, and then it's all worth it. I'll, I'll respect it. But as of right now, if it was just a novelty, I'm not that interested. You're skeptical with anything that involves old Tommy Cruise. Yeah. I don't know. It just uh, takes me out of the movie. When they when they take off from the aircraft carrier and you see like Yeah, I've seen documentaries. They have a million. I've watched World War II documentaries. Who cares? <laughs> I wanna see you peacock. It's time for sports with our sports guy Devin Peacock. Crazy world we're living in. Actors wanna be rock stars, rock stars wanna be actors, players wanna be owners, owners wanna be players. What is going on here? In Seattle, Marshawn Lynch, former Seattle running back, and Macklemore, uh, the Seattle-born rapper, apparently, are now owners, uh, part owners of the Seattle Kraken. I'm, I'm very excited about the Marshawn Lynch being a part of this team. Couldn't care less about Macklemore, <laughs> but Marshawn Lynch is hilarious. He's so funny. And uh, could bring a whole new demographic to the team. That episode of, uh, what was the the, the improv uh, oh, murder, murder, Murderville? Oh. Murderville. Murderville. With Will uh, Arnett. If you haven't watched that show on Netflix, Marshawn Lynch guest stars, and he has to improvise like he's a detective solving a murder. <laughs> he's so funny. He is hilarious. <laughs> And, he, and he's a funny guy, too, as an owner already. I like what he's doing. He was uh, on the Zamboni hours after becoming uh, a part owner of the Kraken and just wheeling around the rink. It was it was kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. I, I also do not care about Macklemore. I saw the picture of Marshawn Lynch and Macklemore, and I did. I, he looked familiar, but I didn't know who he was. I didn't care <laughs> because I just wanted to know about Marshawn Lynch. Well, was, you don't need to be a dick about it, bud. <laughs> He made enough money to become part owner of the Seattle Kraken. Give Macklemore yeah. some credit. But he's not, he's not, <laughs> that's not what the talk is. People are excited about Marshawn Lynch. Macklemore, eh, who cares? I, I, I don't know, man. He, he's fiscally responsible. All those years of shopping at the thrift shop, he was able to save enough money to become a part owner of a franchise. It's pretty cool. Okay, uh, this is a, a rumor that's been going around for a while. It didn't happen, but maybe in an alternate universe, Tom Brady in retirement becomes part owner of the Miami Dolphins. 
Yeah, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers wasting no time responding to this story, which makes me think it's true. So in the four weeks that Tom Brady was retired before he realized he hated his family, uh, there is uh, <laughs> there are reports that he was looking at joining the Miami Dolphins as a part owner and the starting quarterback, and they wanted to bring in uh, Sean Payton as the head coach, but that all fell apart when Brian Flores uh, filed his civil lawsuit against the team and everyone just put their plans on hold wow brady wants it all i'm surprised he didn't want to be head coach too and the guy selling hot dogs (laughs) (laughs) and team cheerleader bit of a control freak well, he is a control freak. He's basically the offensive coordinator. He was in uh, New England. He has been in Tampa Bay. He calls his plays. He is the guy. So if he's going to be the part owner, why not be the starting quarterback? He's the best option they would have had. I'm sure these guys see the money that the owners are making and the power that they have. And how how is that not intoxicating? How would you not want that? I can guarantee Macklemore and Marshawn Lynch have already made money on their investment. The Kraken are worth $875 million. So they could sell that today for a profit. The Miami Dolphins would be worth in the billions. So if Tom Brady were to become an owner of that team or any other, he will make money because it is like printing cash this is the taz and jim podcast right now we want to uh, acknowledge the passing of a canadian classic rock legend jerry doucette has passed away he was raised in hamilton ontario this is a great story actually i love hearing where where songs that have been a part of your life forever where they originated Mm -hmm. Uh, according to an article from 2016 in the Hamilton Spectator, uh, Jerry Doucette had a God-fearing mother, and she wasn't a fan of, of the fact that he picked up the guitar and started playing. <laughs> uh, Dad was a Stelco shift worker who was trying to sleep <laughs> while Mom and, and Jerry were arguing about whether or not he should be playing the guitar and dad from up in the bedroom yelled down, Mama, let him play! Whoa! That's exactly what I wanted to show the this song to be. It's perfect. It's even better now that you know it's a true story, right? This is a classic. Such a good song. I love songs just about playing rock and roll, you know? Like Jukebox Hero, you know, whatever. Maybe Helix, uh, give me an R! Any song about rock itself and playing rock and roll. Rockin', yeah. the act of rockin'. Yeah. Jerry Doucette released a total of five albums, toured throughout Canada until 2018 when he announced his retirement. He was 70 years old when he passed uh, after battling cancer. I, I got a uh, Jerry Doucette moment. This song, I, did you remember this, Jim, at my wedding? Oh, yeah. So at my wedding, uh, Jim was the MC mm-hmm. of my wedding. And it's, it's tradition that you do the, the mother-son dance. So Mama Taz and I were out there on the dance floor doing a a slow dance to some schmaltzy song. And in the middle of the mother-son dance, Jim Kelly gets up to the microphone. Is this thing on? Check, check. Hello? I'm sorry, but I need to interrupt this. We're running behind 
in the program, and we, we've got to cut this mother-son dance short. And everyone looked at you like, what is this idiot doing? Jim, drunk Jim ruins an <laughs> event again. And as you were, as you were making the announcement, my, uh, my friend, uh, Pat Murphy and his band 80s Enough took the stage behind you mm-hmm. and everyone was confused as to what was going on. The whole thing was set up because uh, just after you made the announcement, this started playing over the speakers. The band kicked in mm-hmm. and I told my mom, when this song starts, just start doing your jazzercise routine. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of slow punches <laughs> outwards. <laughs> So my mom and I went into what seemed like a choreographed masterpiece (laughs) on the dance floor. But this song kicked in, and instantly every person was out of their seats on the dance floor, and it stayed that way for the rest of the night. And in part, I have Jerry Doucette to thank for that. Awesome song. Mama let him play rock and roll. Jerry Doucette has passed at age 70. Marijuana strain. Or sex move. It's a good move. You're not kidding. It's a good move. It is April the 20th, also known as 420. We are playing Marijuana Strain or Sex Move. Charlene from Stratford is our contestant. Hey, Charlene. Hey, how you doing? Good. Do you partake in this this momentous holiday? You do. I do. Very yeah. good. Well, you may have uh, you may have an advantage here. You may recognize <laughs> the names of some of these strains. So Jim is going to give you the name of something. It's either a strain of ganja, mm-hmm. uh-huh. the devil's lettuce, weed, <laughs> or it is a uh, a fun move you and your partner can try and pull off in the bedroom. Okay. <laughs> Got it. So you guess marijuana strain or sex move, and if you're right enough times, we will hook you up with a great prize. Are you ready to go? I am. What is the first one, Jim? Nine-pound hammer. (laughs) (laughs) Nine-pound hammer. Is that a weed strain or a sex move? Wow. (laughs) Um... I'm going to say it's a weed strain. You got it. Nine-pound hammer is a heavy-hitting indica strain with dense buds coated in resin. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm sure there's a lot of people out there wishing it was a sex move. (laughs) (laughs) I'm more of a 22-ounce hammer kind of (laughs) guy. Next one here, the leg shaver. The leg shaver. Weed strain or sex move? That sounds like a sex move. It is a sex move. That's a solo one in the shower. High pressure, detachable shower head is there for a reason, they say. (laughs) The leg shaver. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Next up, marijuana strain or sex move. Peanut butter breath. (laughs) Peanut butter breath. (laughs) Is that a weed strain or sex move? 
<laughs> I could be either. Let's hope not. Uh, yeah, I, I'm hoping it is not a sex move. <laughs> I'm hoping too. I say uh, weed strength. You got it. Yes. Peanut butter breath. It can smell and taste so dank. It's savory and roasted like salted peanut butter. Last thing you want to hear after performing a sex move is, "Hey, I think you got a little peanut butter in the side of your mouth." Or your or your girlfriend comes home. Why do you have peanut butter breath? <laughs> But it could be worse. Yeah, it could be. Why does the dog have peanut butter bread? Oh, no. Okay, moving on. The circus freak. The circus freak. Oh, oh that's, that sounds like a sex move. It is. This one's wild. Wow. You're both standing. The lady's got one leg over your shoulder. Okay. Well, you know, can you picture that? Yeah, wild. Final one here. Weed strainer sex move, banana punch. Banana punch. That's a weed strain. You got it. Sounds like you're familiar. Banana punch will help you experience music in a new and exciting way. Put on a familiar album and see if you can hear new layers in it. Right. Sounds like a, it's something that your, your dominatrix may do to you. The yeah. banana punch. Or perhaps something you could do with a nine-pound hammer. I don't know. <laughs> This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. 420, April the 20th. We got this uh, message from one of our listeners earlier. It's from Brian. says, Taz and Jim, don't bother making a big deal out of 420. It sucks now that it's legal. Back in the day, I loved 420, going to the rallies, meeting people, celebrating, and hanging out. Now it's just another day. You have companies... Having 420 sales, for God's sakes. It's gone corporate. <laughs> wow. This is like hipster when, you're, when, you're, when your uh, favorite band beca- breaks out and becomes mainstream, you no longer like them? Yeah, well, he's got a point, though, because I, I, I Googled after I, he made that comment. 420 sales, and there are a bunch of them out there. In the United States, I found some anyways. Uh, in the U.S., you can get uh, Jimmy John's, which is a fast food place. They've got uh, some some deals. The how high are you deal. The discount depends on how high you are. <laughs> Based on your eye rings or what? If you go to the website, gethighwithjimmyjohns.com, you do a little test that'll let you know if you're not so high, kind of high, or the highest. Uh, and based on how high you are, you can get 20% off. At That's a restaurant amazing. today. God, I hope, speaking of American fast food place, I hope White Castle has something going on. <laughs> the Harold and Kumar special. Yeah. Uh, Jack in the Box. That's pretty close to White yeah, Castle. Yeah. Jack in the Box is selling a, a Pineapple Express milkshake through the end of April uh, at the cost of $4.20 today. It's usually about $5. Seth Rogen, not happy about this one. He has gone to social media to let everyone know that this Pineapple Express milkshake shake has nothing to do with the movie of the same name. Okay, relax, smoke a joint, and chill out there, Seth. Make a mug or whatever you do these days. TGI Fridays has blazed and glazed chicken finger slider meals. Now we're talking. So he, he does have a point. It's legal in a lot of places now, so... Obviously, if there's money to be made, these companies are going to jump on board. I do like how it's all restaurants and fast food places. Yeah, they know what's up. 
that are uh, getting involved but with I, 420. I don't think the corporatization or the sellout part is what ruined it. The, it's literally the logistics. Once it became legalized, before it was legal, you could meet at a park in the city and gather hundreds of people and it would be a protest. So legally you could do a peaceful gathering of people protesting. The cops couldn't break it up. But now that it's legal, if you wanted to go to a park and have an event, you would have to apply for an event permit. You'd have to get some porta potties out there, some security or something. Yeah. Like you can't just show up and have a craft beer festival yeah. <laughs> in the city park. It takes, yeah. a, it takes a lot of uh, jumping through hoops before it happens. And I can guarantee to you the best parties in North America happen during Prohibition at the speakeasies, right? That When something is illegal and you're getting away right. with something, it's way more fun and exciting. Well, that's another valid point that Brian makes. Every day is like 420 now. Mm-hmm. It, it loses something special. You go on vacation, you love every day that you're on the beach in the sunshine, but if you moved there eventually the novelty would wear yeah. off a little bit. And you'd probably still enjoy it. Yeah. But you wouldn't come back and tell your friends all, oh, oh my God, the sun was so great. You know, it's like normal. It, it wouldn't be the same. Yeah. Every day is 420. I guess the, the actual 420 might lose a little bit of its luster. Mm-hmm. But again, if that is something that is stressing you out, there is a remedy for that. <laughs> <laughs> And it's perfectly legal. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. (laughs) For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.